brother. I'm your host, Joey Cagle. What you gonna do when Joey Mania runs wild on you? Oh yeah, and this is the Macho Man, Antonio Guerra. Dig it! Apple Music TV is launching and Facebook is testing out many social networks in your hood. Google has updated search functionalities and Sony is coming out with a holographic display. Lightsabers exist, oh my god! And well, if we're gonna have Star Wars, we're gonna also have 4G on the moon, which may help considering 3% of Starlink satellites may be failing. Quest 2 users are getting locked out when linking with Facebook. And AMD is taking steps to prevent graphics card scalping while NASA is getting samples from an asteroid. It's time for the tech news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech, brother! Welcome to the Tech News and Commentary on Joey's Totally Tech for October 23rd, 2020. First story, Apple Music TV launches in the US. Apple has launched Apple Music TV, a 24-hour stream of music videos, live shows, and events. It's available for users throughout the Apple Music and Apple TV apps. New videos are to be debuted on Apple Music TV every Friday. The station also shows interviews and other contact by Apple Music One radio host Zane Lowe. So this is like MTV all over again. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So it's instead of music television, it's Apple Music television. <laughs> yeah. Can MTV sue over that? I mean, they're not really doing music these days, that are at least not that much. I think it has more to do with like the branding, because no one calls it music television anymore. True, true. So there's music TV, plus it's Apple Music, so Apple Music's already a thing, so yeah. so this is uh, another streaming service. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, I use the Apple iPhone, but I haven't done a whole lot with any other of Apple's content, really. Yeah, it just seems like it's, so it's just a stream of music videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Facebook is testing out many social networks focused on you and your neighbors. Facebook is trying out a new feature encouraging users to post and share news and social networks that are focused on similar local areas. Users can share limited information with their neighbors, and Facebook uses the data it collects to serve more relevant ads. The feature, called Neighborhoods, is being tested in Calgary, Canada, and may likely roll out more widely if the test is a success. So do you think the, uh, the Hart family is uh, using Google Neighborhoods? Uh, if I'm we're sorry, talking Facebook? wrestling, uh, I have no clue. I mean, Bret Hart's getting up there in years, and I don't know how much he uses Facebook. He he could use it quite a bit, but... He probably has, like, a social media manager or something. I, I'm sure he does. Uh, I don't know how many of y'all are wrestling fans out there. Both Antonio and I are... Thus, our little brief uh, introductions at the beginning of this episode today. So, uh, I don't, do you think if uh, your neighborhood pops up on Facebook, would you join to see the what's going on in the area? I mean, I probably would. 
Yeah, I think I probably would too. Like I just built a house like kind of the northwest side of Charlotte. So it's not a whole lot out there. So maybe I might join that just to kind of keep abreast of what's going on in the area in case something's happening out there I want to know about. Yeah, and um, I kind of think it, uh, it's a little bit of a throwback to like the idea of bulletin board systems or bulletin board services back in the day yeah. that you dial up to. I don't know if it's going to be quite the same thing, but you'd have more of a local social network. I do like that idea. I think a lot of the stuff they've tried with these big social networks like Facebook isn't really good for people and i think something a more of a local area yeah, could saying. be good for people yeah because i think there's uh there's an app called like next door or something like that yes and that's kind of already kind of what this is it's just like a little social media but just for your neighborhood right so. but next door in my opinion has gone downhill quite quickly oh i've not doing know what it is yeah so. i've used it a bit and it was good at first when i used it but it's just I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't like a lot of the people sharing the conspiracy theories and false information on there. Oh, so it's basically it's all the same crap that you hate about Facebook. But... Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of the same stuff. It's like just in a more intimate package. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want it in an intimate package. <laughs> okay, that, just, that's just me. <laughs> we're, we're just gonna leave that there. Okay. Yeah. But at least I'm not in an echo chamber. Yeah, that's true. Like I'm saying, like way. you know. I would say I'm, I'm a centralist, but you know, I, I, uh, I listen to Republican, I listen to Democrat, I listen to whatever. I listen to what makes sense to me. I don't really have a, any allegiances either way. So. Right. But yeah, I don't know if Facebook was even taking into account this type of thing. I think they just wanted to try something that would just connect more local people, whereas yeah. like Facebook connects the entire world. That's what you're saying. So yeah, yeah, like I said, it's just sort of like a like a mini light version of Facebook, just for your right. little you know eco chain ecosystem. All right, all right. So QB uh, is shutting down um, just six months after debuting. The over-the-top American short film streaming platform for mobile devices is shutting down. The process is going to take several months. About 200 employees will be let go. They developed an original platform with groundbreaking technology and IP, and one of the most expensive misfires of any entertainment-related startup. They had extensive marketing strategies that didn't have much effect. They are facing issues with executive turnover, legal action, and more. Though the company raised $1.8 billion, it's estimated only $350 million is left. You know, their marketing must have sucked big time because I didn't even know about it until I even read the story. I've, I knew about QB, uh, or Quibi, or however, however you say it. But, yeah, uh, I think it's Quibi. Yeah, okay. Could have told me that earlier. Now I sound well, idiot. It's all right. We mispronounce things all the time. To air is human, right? Hey, people mispronounce things on the news all the time. It's all right. Yeah, that's true. I was, I was just joking. I don't really care. Fake news. No. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, yeah. So I, I've known about Quibi. It, it started up like right when the pandemic did. Right. Because uh, I remember hearing about it. Like I think I remember seeing ads on it for YouTube. But basically, the, the point is, it's just like. Like actually, I heard a I heard an interview about, about it on a different podcast. Uh, but basically, it's a uh, short form streaming, you know, uh, series. So it's basically like you're essentially watching a movie, but it's broken out into ten minute chunks. That's the big okay. company mandate: nothing longer than ten minutes. That's gotcha. like their biggest thing. Like they don't even want it to hit over to ten. They want you to be at 
you know, 959 and 20 frames. They do not want that 10 minute mark. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So that's say 900 minutes, nine hours, 59, nine minutes, 59 seconds, and however many frames. But they do not want you that 10. But yeah, but then I've seen little things uh, advertised here and there. They look kind of interesting, but it's like, I'm not trying to pay for another streaming service. Like, yeah. I think we're at, at, we're almost to the point of critical mass of streaming because the mm-hmm. whole point of streaming is like, well, I got this seventy eighty dollar cable bill, and I don't watch any of it. Yeah. Well, now I got you know Netflix, I got Hulu, I got Amazon, I got WWE Network, and I'm and it's like you know it's probably cost me like fifty bucks total, which isn't bad actually no because I don't pay for my Amazon or my Netflix. The only thing I pay for is Hulu and. WWE. Right, so that, but if you did pay for all that... Yeah, that'd be like 50 bucks. So Yeah, it mounts up quickly. But at the same time, too, that's obviously better than cable, because you can watch whatever you want, whenever you want. So, you know. Yeah. That's why everyone's cutting the cord, man. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think at least, like, Hulu and YouTube, they're at least offering uh, live television, which I think is awesome. I don't know why Netflix doesn't do that. See, I don't need to see it live. Like, there's nothing on that I get. Like, I can't wait till the next morning to watch. Right, know? right. But like, if I want to watch AEW on Wednesday night live, or you know, just watch something that's on right now. It's Wednesday night dynamite, bro. Yeah, Wednesday night. Oh, that's right. That was last night. But I might watch it tonight because I missed it last night. Oh, see, there you go. I can watch it on demand on Hulu. I guess you want it. I don't know. I think the only point to really watch it live is it's like, oh, you got to like talk about it on Twitter while you're watching it. And I'm not that deep into it. Just like I watch it at, at work on my break the next day or some crap. Yeah, maybe. But I think for people who are used to like traditional TV, it's like being able to watch that live is important to some people. Yeah, I mean, I guess some people just appreciate that structure. So I get yeah. that. But Quibi, I, I don't know what gap they were trying to fill. I I think launching an They online... were trying their big one of their big marketing things was they were trying to promote vertical screen watching. Oh, okay. So that was their big thing. Like you could do anything vertical or sideways, but it was meant to be watched on your phone. Like I think you could watch like on your TV if you wanted to, but it was designed to be watched vertically in in your hand okay that's the whole point yeah that's- i mean the timing seemed good but apparently their marketing just wasn't very good i think that's the thing i think with the pandemic you know people are already worried about money they don't want to blow 10 bucks on some gimmick you know uh streaming platform yeah it's they, they probably didn't uh want to uh pay for that extra service because they're already paying for stuff you know some people are probably even paying for zoom so they could go over the time limit yeah yeah, everyone's busy paying Animal Crossing, bro. Yeah, so there's like already so much, um, and that was one of the big problems that people thought about when all these cloud services started popping up. It's yeah. like we're going to have to pay for this and that and that, and that just all adds up, rather than just paying for software one time and you own it. Anyway, Google uh, has launched their search update. Google released a number of improvements to their AI to enhance its search engine, Google Lens, and other search tools. Users can hum songs into Google Assistant to get the name of a song. Improvements have been made to the Did You Mean feature and uses a deep neural net with 680 million parameters to better understand the context. Search is integrated with various data sources now, so users can generate graphs with data straight from the search bar. 
the system can now point to specific paragraphs in articles that answer users' questions. Advanced search is also available for videos. Google Lens now has the ability to read text out loud and solve equations. And maps can display crowd information in augmented reality. So, uh, you know, I often, not often, but actually I was just the other day, I was thinking about Google is a pretty amazing service. Like I know they're selling all your information, whatever, but I mean, you get a lot of cool stuff for free. You got free word processing. You got basically got a free version of Microsoft Office. You got a free map of the world with freaking live traffic. You got a free, you know, search engine. You got, you can buy movie tickets. You can look up anything you want. You got videos, you got music. I mean, it's crazy. All this is for free. I mean, and this is just, I mean, this is just another extra thing that they're doing just to, you know, sweeten the pot a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Google, I mean, that's kind of how they've taken over the world, essentially. It's like they've offered all this free stuff. I mean, they started out with a search engine and just kept building from there. We had Gmail, Android, Google Docs, all the apps going along with the Google Suite, etc. It's just crazy. And they got a, little, a bunch of little programs on Google, too, integrated that, you know, it's like you want to convert, like, you know, you know, tablespoons to gallons. You can do that on Google. Oh yeah, they got a graphing easy. calculator. They got a. The other day, I was playing um, my part-time job. I teach children's cooking classes. We were playing like kitchen bingo the other day. So I'm like the bingo caller. I got these cards out. There's like 60 different things, but like you know, I just pulled up a random number generator, one through 60 yeah. on Google, and it's just little little things like that that you know just you know make this Google such an amazing service. Yeah. Of course, that's kind of how they get everyone sucked in. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad at it. I mean, oh. everyone's trying to make a buck, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you don't like it, there are other services out there. Like, you know, you can use DuckDuckGo for search, for example. Um, there's other uh, web apps out there to use for your office needs. But, I mean, Google, it's just so easy because it's all in one. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, you think Ask Jeeves is still up? What was that? You think Ask Jeeves? Remember Ask? Oh, Ask Jeeves. That's Ask.com now. Oh, they changed it. Yeah, uh, Jeeves was uh, Jeeves had retired years ago, and now it's just Ask.com. Oh, why yeah. they retiring? Does he does he represent Eurocentric beauty standards or something? <laughs> I I don't know the reason. Of course, they acted like Jeeves was a real person, um, but yeah, he. Uh, he retired and now it's just ask.com <laughs> right on okay yeah um so of course there's an antitrust lawsuit against google which uh quite frankly kind of makes sense i mean considering they've kind of taken over the world with this yeah uh the justice department has issued an antitrust lawsuit against the search engine giant bro you skipped my story oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I think we'll just continue and then we'll go back to your story. Okay. Sorry about that. All I right. Step on your shit. <laughs> That's all right. I was, like, I was like, where are you at? Like, oh, you're, you skipped me. Keep yeah. Going. Sorry Keep about going. that. I'll do the next two. It's fine. But yeah, it's seeking to restrain Google and seek remedies for the effects of the company's conduct. The suit alleges that Google has a monopoly over the search market in the United States. 11 states have signed on to the suit along with the Department of Justice. This is the first significant legal challenge Google has faced from regulators. 
Google says people use their services because they choose to, not because they are forced to, as there are alternatives. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I wouldn't really call Google Monopoly. They're obviously the biggest dog in the yard, but I mean, like, I think Monopoly's pushing it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I'd call them a monopoly, but they do have a lot of monopolistic practices. I'll say that. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone's obviously, like I was actually talking, I just bought a new cell phone today. You know, but I bought it from like a, uh, like a third party retailer, right? Yes. So I just went in there, you know, I spent a lot of my cell phones. Like I was like, uh, trying to find a new cell phone. And he showed me the cell phone. I was like, how much is that? He goes, it's like $59. I looked at the phone. I'm like, I really want something like without a home button. I'm trying to spend like 200. Like what do you got for me? So we got this one here, it's like 129. It's a nice looking cell phone. It's called a, what is it? The LG Premiere Pro Plus. And you know, it's got a decent camera, you know, whatever. So I bought it and then um, I'm looking at it on the internet. I said, oh, they got the same phone at Walmart for 80 bucks. He's huh. like, he's like, man, that's how much the phone cost me. I'm like, no, I get it. I don't mind helping out a small business. But I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like companies like Amazon and Walmart, they're so big. They have the power to say like, well, we're only going to sell it for this much. So right. If you want to sell it here, you got to come down your price. Like that's the thing about Walmart and them. It's just like, yeah. that's like I said, they're the biggest dog in the yard. They get to set the, the rules. Yeah, and I know. I don't know. I don't think practices like that are necessarily good for the economy. They're good for the consumer, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, it makes it difficult for smaller companies to compete. Yeah, they're good for the consumer in the short run, but long run i'm not so sure because who are they gonna hire they're gonna hire the consumer and who's getting paid less and less over time i don't know i mean the consumer <laughs> amazon pays me pretty well like i don't want to tell tales outside of school but i work right. third shift so i get paid 15 dollars an hour then on top of that i get paid two dollars extra an hour for working third shift now yeah. 17 dollars an hour isn't life-changing money but i work you can work as much overtime as you want during the busy, busier seasons. You can't, yeah. it's not available all the time, but yeah. as long as you don't work over 60 hours a week, and as long as you don't um, work more than six days in a row, mm -hmm. you can basically work as much as you want. Yeah. But when you take inflation into the equation and other things like productivity yeah. going up, etc., it's not as much as it once was, you know? Oh, I, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like, for so, example, I was actually just today, my, uh, my friend, I was with her helping her resign her lease. Okay, mm -hmm. she's been, she's been living in her apartment for like eight years. Yeah, and uh, this year the company uh, sold the apartment company sold to a different company. Mm -hmm. So she went there to resign her lease, and they told her they're like, uh, well, they're doing a different thing now. Where before, like they're renovating all the apartments, so they haven't renovated hers yet. But the renovated apartments, they were charging more money for. Mm -hmm. But now they're changing it this year to they're changing the rent for even the unrenovated, unrenovated apartments. And they wanted to tr uh, raise hers $200. Now she's only paying like $750, $775, something like that. So that's like more than a 25% increase. Okay. Yeah. But even then, like they raise her rent like 8% a year. That's just the way it is. Like when she first moved in there, it was like five something. And now it's like seven something. Yeah. But you know, that's inflation. But you got to think too, like, you know, minimum wage hasn't gotten raised in like 12 years. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she doesn't make minimum wage, but you know, a lot of people do. Yeah. So, you know, that's the whole thing is like, you know, you got inflation going up, but wages aren't really going up that much at yeah. the same time. So. so I think in the grand scheme of things, 
consumers are getting hurt uh, in the long run, and by consumers, the working class, really. Yeah. And so I think it's something that we've got to be aware of just long term. Are we going to allow companies to keep doing this to us? But anyway, uh, tell us about uh, Google Play, because I know I accidentally skipped over that. I know you like the sound of your voice, Joey, but that's okay. Or Google Play Music, rather. You paid for the mic, so I'm going to let it slide this time. All right, so uh, Google Play Music is shutting down. Uh, Google Play Music will soon be shutting down, and users will have to either go to YouTube Music or switch to other music providers. Parts of Play Music have been closing down for a few weeks, and now Google Assistant speakers no longer support it. I mean, this makes sense. I think they're trying to, as far as music, they're trying to push their YouTube brand. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, Google acquired YouTube uh, a number of years ago. Yeah. So um, there's really no point in having a uh, Google Music and a YouTube Music at the same time. Right. Like, I guess part of me feels like this is another case of Google shutting down a service that it started a while back, which when it launched, it was uh, pretty nice. And uh, I get it. Uh, but yeah, they've got duplication. And, and in this case, they do need to cut something out. YouTube covers both music and video. So, yeah. Goodbye, uh, Google Play Music. They also cover uh, foul comments. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, well, tell us about this uh, awesome uh, holographic display from uh, Sony. All right. So, the spatial reality display is a holographic display featuring a 15.6 inch 4K screen, a camera, a speaker system, and the ability to place digital objects and designs into a 3D space. The display uses a combination of high-speed face and eye tracking camera, real-time algorithms, and lenticular lenses, which provide clearer images than any previous holographic display. Sony has released a software developer kit for both Unreal and Unity for this display as well. Yeah, so it's coming out in November, and it's going to be $5,000. I'm not going to be able to afford it. But I took a look at a video, and I shared a link with you to some video about actually, with it. I actually forgot to check that out, but what was in the link? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it was a pretty amazing look, and it's like kind of this uh, diagonal monitor okay. that you look down on that. And um, it's very holographic. It's got the uh, eye tracker and face tracker. And so it adjusts the display to make it look uh, 3D to make it look like real life. Now they already have product. Do they already have products like this available on the consumer level? Um, they do have other holographic monitors out there. I haven't looked into the pricing of it so much. So is this like the thing from like Minority Report? A thing from what? You ever seen Minority Report? Oh, Minority po- Report. I, I've not seen Minority Report. Uh, I, it's I just like, uh, like okay, you saw you saw Endgame, right? Yes. Remember yes. the crap he was using to like create time travel? Right, so right. Is it something like that, kind of? I want to describe it like that. It's not anything like Stark, uh, at like the Stark uh, tech in Marvel, where you have like the holograms all around you. Nothing like that. Oh, okay. You actually have a physical screen it's in front of you. It's almost like this monitor here, but yeah. as you move your face or your eyes, it will adjust. So... I can't wait for that to happen. Imagine yeah. someday you're going to have a little ball on your table. Yeah. And you press a button and you'll be like inside the Taj Mahal or something. Right. Crap. Can you imagine that, man? That would be crazy. Now, at some point, I would like to see something like the Star, the, I'm saying Star Tech, uh, Stark Tech 
from like Marvel movies with the holograms all, all around you. Yeah. We're not there yet. Someday. Yeah. So uh, Stripe is buying Paystack and they're expanding to Africa. Stripe has acquired the Nigerian payment startup Paystack in a deal estimated to be worth over $200 million. Both companies will continue to operate separately. Paystack allows users to set up online payment gateways to accept credit cards and debit card payments. All right, so I never heard of Stripe. Is this like a just Cash App, Venmo, uh, PayPal kind of thing? Stripe, it's kind of like a merchant account. Not quite like PayPal or anything like that. Oh, is but, it like a Chime? Uh, not really. So um, as a web developer, I know about it because it's used to process credit cards and everything. Oh, um, so it's like Square kind of. Probably closer to Square, okay. yeah. Uh, but um, I know we have to deal with code on the back end a lot of times yeah. uh, if we're putting it into an app. Or sometimes, like, if I'm developing a WordPress site, the um, the e-commerce plugin might have something uh, in there for Stripe gateways. Can you do, like, a cryptocurrency with it? Uh, not with Stripe, no. But I know what might be doing cryptocurrency soon. Oh, is that PayPal? Yeah, tell us about it. All right, so PayPal users in the U.S. will soon be able to get their cryptocurrency, sell it, and hold it through the platform. Cryptocurrency payments will be sold using fiat currencies. The feature is being rolled out in the coming weeks. They also plan to expand this to Venmo and other countries in the first half of 2021. PayPal has 346 million active accounts worldwide, and process 222 billion in payments in quarter two of this year. Yeah, that's a lot of payments they've processed. And I think the cryptocurrency game is going to be uh, pretty big for them as well. Cryptocurrencies, at least for a lot of us tech guys, yeah, are pretty popular. And I know I haven't uploaded anything to library lately, but when I have uploaded it, it's earned some uh, library credits, which is a cryptocurrency that okay. I got. Um, you know, so I don't know if they're going to deal with library credits, but it would be much easier than to like get money from my PayPal account to um, library or something like that. Yeah. I don't have to worry about going through Coinbase, which uh, can be a little bit of a hassle, especially since... I mean, that's a good thing because they've got a lot of security on Coinbase. Yeah. But if I've uh, changed my phone, I've got to look up the Authenticator app. And if I've changed my phone, it's like that gets all messed up and it's more of a challenge that way. So going through PayPal would make it really easy. Actually, uh, I was at the Northlake Mall today and I was trying to find a case for my phone, but Apparently this came out like like 60 days ago, so they don't have any cases for it yet, but they went online. Yeah. But uh, I was there, and uh, they have like a like a Bitcoin ATM. Oh, wow. Like you go there. I didn't like touch it or anything, but I guess you go up there, you put in your Bitcoin wallet number, whatever it is, and then you get cash out. Or mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you get cash out or it gives you like a voucher or some crap, but... And then, uh, so yeah, so I guess, yeah. cri I guess cryptos are kind of 
here to stay now. They kind of gone mainstream. Yeah. I know, I don't know if Domino's Pizza currently does it, but I know for a little while they were taking Bitcoin at Domino's Pizza. Sometimes, like when I'm out and about, like uh, usually it's like smaller retailers, just depending on what sort of like uh, PUS software they're using for their cash register. Sometimes, occasionally they'll take Bitcoin, but I don't know. I'm not on there yet, so. Yeah. I think a lot of the problem with using cryptocurrencies, especially like Bitcoin, is a lot of them fluctuate so much, you know? Yeah, buy low and sell high, right? Yeah, like the cryptocurrency might be worth like $10 uh, whatever coin today. Yeah. And then whatever coin drops to like $1 tomorrow. I just like when Bitcoin first came out, you can get a whole Bitcoin for, you know, a few bucks. And then fast forward a few years, it's worth like $10,000. Yeah. When I first learned about Bitcoin, I could have gotten it for like maybe $13. I know, man. Dude, you could have been living large, man. I could have been, but I didn't know anything about cryptocurrency at the time. And I oh, didn't yeah, that's know the thing. Go we, got, we have the benefit of hindsight. You can't just be yeah. like, you know, oh, man, if I only would have invested in, you know, Amazon when built, when Jeff Bezos was working out of his garage, I could have been a billionaire. Yeah. I- <laughs> I had no clue that cryptocurrency could have gotten me rich. I'm like, oh, that's an alternative way to pay for things. That's pretty cool. But I didn't do anything with it. I wish I had. I have some friends that do uh, Forex trading. You ever heard of that? Yes. What do you think about that? I haven't looked into it enough. I've seen some of my friends say it's a scam. Others are into it. I don't know. I saw something interesting. Uh, This was a few years ago. I saw on the internet called uh, arbitrage betting you've heard of this uh i think i have basically it's like software you can get well the the software does it for you arbitrage betting is is you have to find uh a bet on like a sporting event or whatever let's say you and i are having a boxing match mm-hmm. let's say your girlfriend laura she has a betting house you mean lisa lisa i always get lisa laura <laughs> so your girlfriend lisa um <clears throat> she has a betting house and she says, okay, I project Go- Joey Cagle will beat Antonio Guerra and I'll give it three to one odds. Okay. Mm-hmm. And let's just say, and you know, we're not really famous fighters. So, you know, maybe the odds could be different depending on where you go. Mm-hmm. So then let's say that Laura has her own betting house. She says, okay, I say Antonio Guerra beats Joey Cagle four to one. That's two competing bets. Yeah. But if you make a bet at both of those odds, you're going to win no matter what because huh. it's three to one versus four to one. But either yeah. way, if you win, obviously, if you bet against uh, if, if you make the four to one bet, then um, that's a better payout. But still, you're making money either way. So right. I guess what the software does is it scans all, every single thing. I guess you can set parameters, obviously, but based on what your interests are. But um, I guess if you go for free money, you bet on everything. But uh, but yeah, it scans different betting houses and then it's like, OK, well, if it looks for like uh two opposing bets that you could definitely 100% make money on. So that's the whole thing. So I didn't like do it or anything, but it sounds like an interesting concept, but you know, they probably steal your money. So whatever. So. Yeah. So Nokia is going to put a 4G network on the moon. Nokia won a $14.1 million NASA contract to deploy a cellular network on the moon. The company plans to build a 4G LTE network, which will eventually be transitioned to 5G. NASA said the network will extend to spacecraft and will be designed to withstand extreme temperatures, radiation, and the vacuum of space. It will provide more reliable communication at greater distances, 
on the lunar surface compared to other technologies that currently exist. So, uh, cell phones on the moon. What do you think of that, Joey? I mean, that's going to be useful whenever I decide to go to the moon, which, uh... I'm sure it's more for, like, you know, <laughs> government research purposes at this point. But... Right, right. And astronauts and whatnot, sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Like, I think after Mars, that's pretty much it. Like, after that, it's all gas giants. We'd be laying on Jupiter. What the hell? Well, like... I mean, we'd probably have to go outside the solar system to find anything else of real significance. Well, then you need, like, interstellar... You need, like, warp technology. Because yeah. the closest star is, like, four you know, light years away. So Either that or we need to find a wormhole. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. Hopefully it'll work, like, in the movies. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. There's maybe, there's so much unknown, you know? Maybe when you go through the wormhole, you fall into a four-dimensional bookcase, like an interstellar. Yeah. You know, well, maybe some of Starlink satellites will fall into the wormhole. Oh, well, actually, that would explain the next story. Uh, apparently, SpaceX has launched about 800 Starlink satellites up to this point, but 3% of them have failed because they're no longer maneuvering in orbit. The failed satellites could be dangerous as they could possibly crash into other spacecraft and generate space debris. If SpaceX launches 42,000 spacecraft by the end of the decade, this failure rate could mean more than 1,200 dead satellites. SpaceX says that satellites will naturally deorbit and burn up in Earth's atmosphere, but this process takes up to five years. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Of course, um, you know, the only ones that have to worry about it right now are NASA and other space agencies and um, companies that put things in space. Dude, if Elon Musk brings worldwide, like, high-speed internet, you know how big that's going to be, bro? Yeah, true. But he also wants to get us off this planet eventually, and that might make things challenging if... Uh, he puts a bunch of space debris up into space. I mean, 42,000 satellites isn't a ton. I mean, more more cars than that drive up freaking drive around 485 every day. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Like, do you think we're going to move to Mars someday? Do you think we'll see that in our lifetime? Um, I have no clue. I mean, yeah, gun to I, your head. If, you, if you're a betting man, what would you place a bet on? I think we'll still be here on Earth and probably adjusting to the climate change we're facing. And I think eventually we'll get to Mars, but I'm not sure if it'll happen in my lifetime or not. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So Elon Musk rolls out autopilot self-driving beta. Tesla's full self-driving beta, or FSD, is beginning. The rollout will be very slow and cautious. FSD is almost a complete rewrite of the original autopilot and is set to be available for Tesla owners via subscription by the end of 2020. Tesla hopes to have self-driving taxis in the market on the road at some point next year. Okay, so for going very slowly, they seem to be moving pretty quickly. You think so? That's my thinking on it. Oh, no. I think they need to go a bit slower than this, especially since uh, last week we talked about how... Oh, yeah, the billboard speed limit sign. Yeah, thing. there's that and the inattention of drivers uh, using autopilot. Well, my thing is, though, I was thinking about this the other day because obviously, like, you know, whatever. If I ever got a self-driving car, I wouldn't pay attention. I would look at my phone the whole time, looking at YouTube. I would not be watching the road. But my thing is, like, if they have self-driving taxis... Because they're not going. I'm sure they don't want you driving the taxi, right? Right. 
So how come it's okay to have a self-driving taxi, but I gotta pay attention to my car? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would hope at least a self-driving taxi had an operator that could uh, take over in case something goes wrong. Oh, so you think it's a, so it's like a manned taxi? I would hope they would. I know like some of the self-driving uh, 18-wheelers that are out there, there's like laws requiring them to have an operator to take over in case uh, that doesn't work out. Oh, okay, I see. No, yeah. I just thought there's a bunch of cars already out there yeah. not being so being driven without even any human operators. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about these taxis. They might not have a human operator, but um, I don't know what the laws are on that. Of course, they if there aren't any laws, I think they need to pass some, you know, yeah. just to be on the safe side. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Also, like I said last week, it's like, I don't know. I think the problem is even if, let's say they passed a law saying, okay, by 2030, no more human drivers. You can drive on your property, you can go to a racetrack and drive if you want, whatever. But if you're on a state road or public road, you have to be self-driven. No ifs, ands, or buts. But I think if even if the percentage of road fatalities go down, I think people are still be like, well, I wasn't in control. So you know what I'm saying? Like yes. Yeah. It's not my fault. Because, you know, like I said, I work at Amazon. And the robots, there's all these little robots zooming around on the robot floor. And every so often, they hit each other. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, I think a lot of people viscerally just have a problem with not having that control and furthermore you're putting your life in the hands of this you know machine where you know obviously if you're driving by yourself you know statistically you're more likely to get into a car accident yeah at the same time you still have control over that you know what i'm saying yes so i think that would be a big pushback towards towards self-driving altogether Uh uh-huh i think a lot of people i mean me personally i'd be fine with it but i think a lot of people would have just uh, not be comfortable giving up that kind of control. Right, right. Yeah, you know, they don't want to be in some situation where, like, uh, you know, they're messing around with their phone and the next thing you know, they're messing around with their windshield. Yeah. Speaking of windshields, Invisix has developed a headset-free in-car holographic system which can give drivers an AR heads-up display. One of AR's biggest challenges is people moving their heads, which isn't so much of a problem in cars. And physics retina-grade displays can reduce sharp and clear images three to four times the resolution of the human eye. The first-generation displays will appear in GM's Cadillac Lyric in 2023. Yeah, now that's uh, pretty cool. I mean, I, I think... So is it basically going to put, like, Google Maps on your screen? I mean, it could do that, or maybe information about the location you're at, maybe the weather conditions. Uh, do, do you think it's going to be like Grand Theft Auto? Or is this going to be this big yellow arrow, stripe of arrows going across into the horizon? And then like when you get out, it'll have like a little like arrow pointing to where you're supposed to stand? Maybe, you know. You know, and maybe since it's augmented reality, it's like maybe you'll see arrows pointing to where you're supposed to go on the road to get where you're going. I mean, that would be pretty cool. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm also thinking like maybe historical information if you're like at some historic site or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, all sorts of stuff could be available. Well, I think it's cool they started doing, at least on Google Maps, is like they started putting like locations. So sometimes you'll be driving down the road and you're, if you're trying to get somewhere on Google Maps, it'll say like, you know, in 500 feet, turn left at the 7-Eleven. Yes. Like, okay, that's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, they're making money off of that, whatever. But Yeah, we noticed that when we went on vacation, actually, in, uh, uh, what's the name of that town? Boone. Yeah, it told us to turn at the Hardee's. Oh, there you go. Which we, 
we've never heard it tell us to turn at some commercial location before. Look at that monster thick burgers making dreams happen right here. Yeah, making us hungry here. <laughs> and finally, uh, Trickbot is scrambling to stay alive. The botnet that infected more than 1 million devices since 2016 was recently disrupted by Microsoft as well as the U.S. government. After identifying TrickBot servers, Microsoft and its partners initiated legal actions to get hosting providers to shut them down. The botnet is currently out of action, but operators can still revive it. So uh, what the hell is TrickBot? So it's a botnet that, um, it's like there's a little bug that gets on the computer yeah. and the hackers can use that and infect other computers, etc. Um, I think I mentioned last week, there's also like ransomware involved. So it's like yeah. the ransomware would get on your computer. And of course, once that kicks in, it starts uh, encrypting your files. And next thing you know, you can't get to your files unless you pay like however many bitcoin to whoever's running the botnet yeah i don't know that's that's one of the things i don't really think about that often it's like computer viruses but i don't know just like with this pandemic like someone can come up with like you can get like you know probably 25 world-class hackers and just have them come up with the craziest virus anyone's ever seen mm -hmm. and they, it'd be like you know die hard 4 you ever seen that one Live, uh, live for your Die Hard. I've only watched the first Die Hard movie, honestly. So <laughs> that's actually not a bad choice. I think like yeah. the first three are probably the best ones, and then uh, four is okay. Two and five are trash. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the four, the plot of the fourth movie is uh, there's this guy. He was some sort of government, whatever, and oh, he was a government computer guy, and he tried to get them to 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 warn them against what they call the fire sale. Fire sale mm -hmm. is everything must go. So right. they're basically taken over everything the power grid financials basically took over the country using the internet anything that was connected to the internet he, he had it okay mm -hmm. so then you know john mcclain and this hacker have to stop it that's the whole point of the movie. yeah but um why was i bringing this up for oh because i was talking about the virus but yeah so like this virus like you know that's everything like if you took down the internet if something happened, like an EMP and the internet, we would be so screwed. You get that, right? We would, yeah. Like financial, done. Mm -hmm. You know, all of our freaking telecommunications, over with. Yeah. You know, public records, adios. Like, mm -hmm. it's all done. Like, if you took down the internet, that would be it. You'd have the keys to the freaking kingdom. Yeah. I mean, even before the internet, we would have been screwed by it. But now with the internet, we are even more screwed. Yeah. <laughs> if that were to happen. That's the thing. That's, that's everyone's lives now. You know what I'm saying? That's how yeah. you. That's how you connect with you know your family and your friends. That's how you watch TV. Right. That's how you have fun. That's everything is internet now. Like everything, the internet's in people's toasters now. They yeah. Got internet in your refrigerator. They got internet in your freaking alarm clock. You know what I'm saying? And so. that's another reason that I'd say don't just make a cloud backup. You know, have some physical copies too. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I mean, cloud backup is okay for like you know stuff that's not really important to you, but like you know those things you can't get back, like you know family yeah. photos, you know bank records, mm -hmm. you know that manuscript you're working on. Yeah, keep it in the cloud for you know convenience sake, but also keep you know on a, a hard copy as well. Right. Or if you can't do a hard copy, at least have it on a external hard drive or something. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant by that's what I meant by a hard copy. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously, yeah. 
you want to have the lease to your house, you want to have a hard copy of that. Right, right. You know, right. The other things, yeah, just, it really just depends. Yeah. But yeah. And we'll be right back after this message. And we're back. Yes, and I'm glad because it's time for the gaming news. Alright, so uh, GameStop has been struggling in recent years, especially with the decline of physical media and the rise of digital downloads. GameStop this past week announced a partnership with Microsoft. Details have come out and insiders claim that Microsoft will share a portion of the revenue earned through digital transactions that take place on the Xbox consoles sold by GameStop. GameStop issued a press release saying that they've struck a multi-year strategic partnership. The announcement made no mention of what GameStop would get from the deal. It focused on Microsoft's benefits, such as GameStop using Microsoft Surface devices, but people noticed the snippet in the announcement. Quote, GameStop and Microsoft will both benefit from the customer acquisition and lifetime revenue value of each gamer brought into the Xbox ecosystem, end quote. GameStop has confirmed to investors that it will get a portion of the downstream revenue from any device the company adds to Microsoft's Xbox ecosystem. So, uh, so yeah, I remember reading uh, this story uh, when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically all it is is like Microsoft is kind of partnering with GameStop as far as like it's like a it's almost like a point of sale system but it's a little bit more than that it's right like, uh i don't know there's like some social elements to it as well mm-hmm. but essentially it's like they're all gonna have it's basically like going to like the apple store yeah everyone's gonna have like a little microsoft service you can scan mm-hmm. uh they can the guy can come over and just scan the game for you and you can just set out the door you know what i'm saying yeah that's pretty much what it is. It's a little more comp- complicated than that, but I don't know. It doesn't really seem that groundbreaking to me. Yeah. This all just kind of seems like, uh, you know. But yeah, from what the way I understood, at least when I read the article that um, I was reading earlier, uh, they're going to get a portion of the digital downloads too. Yeah. So um, I guess there's going to be something on the Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's mutually that... beneficial for both sides. I mean, obviously, yeah. Microsoft is yeah. going to get a little bit of marketing. Right. When they're using their tablets. And, uh, yeah. you know, so obviously that's putting their name out yeah. there because, you know. So, so I guess there's going to be some software telling uh, Microsoft that this Xbox was sold at GameStop. So GameStop gets this amount of money from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I do think this could eventually set up GameStop to eventually be bought by Microsoft. I could see that. I yeah. mean, Microsoft is making big moves. Like, they bought Bethesda a few weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. So they're they're in this for the long haul. I yeah. Mean, you know, so... And oftentimes when you see two companies working together like this, yeah. one is probably going to buy the other eventually. Not all the time, but... Not necessarily, but yeah. yeah I mean, I could, I could... I mean, I could see... I'm not saying it's out of the question. I'm not saying, oh, it's 100% going to happen. But right. if, if it did happen, it wouldn't surprise me. Whatever. Yeah. 
because I mean, I've seen so many instances where companies work closely together at first, and then the bigger company buys the smaller company. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, and then, you know, you have friendly companies like Microsoft is a little bit friendlier with like Nintendo yeah. than they are with Sony. So Microsoft yeah. is more likely to do more, you know, co-branding, cross-promotional type things on the mm-hmm. Switch as opposed to the PlayStation. So Yeah. But not gaming related so much, but Microsoft actually codes for other companies too, such as Apple, which you'd think is Microsoft's competition too. And yes, it is, but Microsoft does work for their competition too. Well, the thing is, like Microsoft, they're one of the only companies that allow their first party, they allow some of their first party studios, like Minecraft is owned by, mm-hmm. by Microsoft. Yeah. But Minecraft is on everything. It's on the right. PlayStation, it's on the Nintendo, it's on your phone. Yeah. You can probably play it on your fridge if you wanted to. Yeah. And then, you know, this is like, uh, they own the rights to Rare. Uh-huh. So except for Donkey Kong, every Rare game, they, so they have Conker's Bad Fur Day, yeah. Perfect Dark, Banjo-Kazooie, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. those, uh, you know, they those properties can appear on other platforms too. Yeah. So. And you might not know this, but uh, Microsoft did a lot of work on uh, Mac OS X. <laughs> Oh, I know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Apple actually partners partnered with Microsoft on that, even though they are com- uh, competitors. But well, that's kind of like was it the uh, the PlayStation started out as a peripheral for uh, either supposed to be the Nintendo sixty four or the Super NES? I forget. Um, the PlayStation, at least from what we've seen from what's been leaked and the prototypes and everything, it was like um, it was a collaboration initially. It was basically supposed to be like a Sega CD, essentially. Right, Right, yeah, yeah, but it was a collaboration with Nintendo from what we've seen, even though the company seemed to deny it, but there's a prototype that exists. (laughs) See, what I've always heard is like, uh, I guess Sony partnered with Nintendo to make some sort of disc-based peripheral. Yeah, well, this wasn't uh, even a peripheral, it was an actual console. Oh, it was a console, okay. But then Mm -hmm. they dropped, then, you know, Sony developed all this technology for it, and then, you know, Nintendo kind of reneged on it. Right. They're like, well, we got all this stuff, let's give it a shot, and now it's freaking, they're like the biggest thing swinging in the game, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Microsoft, Microsoft's new Xbox app lets you stream Xbox One games to your iPhone or iPad. Xbox One owners can stream games to their iOS and iPadOS devices now with an update to the Microsoft Xbox app. The remote play feature streams games directly from the Xbox console, much like the PlayStation 4's remote play feature. This will only support Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S games. Users can stream via Wi-Fi or through a mobile connection. Microsoft has also been working on xCloud, which has run into problems with Apple. Apple offered Microsoft a solution for adding the xCloud games onto the store, but Microsoft hasn't received this solution positively. So what do you think? You want to play uh, Halo Infinite on your iPhone? Uh, let's see, if I was getting one of the Xbox consoles, sure, why not? But I don't plan on getting it, honestly. I think that's pretty good. I think uh, game streaming, like we've talked about in the past, like you have to have a really good internet connection to do all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the prospect of it is it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think it's cool. Like, also, well, the one thing that's like about the Switch, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like having a, it's a, like a midway point between a PS3 and a PS4 in your pocket you know what i'm saying right right uh 
So yeah, I think mobility is kind of good. I really think it's going to be like the next wave. I think eventually yeah. you're going to be able to take your Xbox or your PlayStation with you. I think that uh, Nintendo really set a trend with their crossover between a handheld and a console. Yeah, they did. Um, me personally, I'm happy just playing games on my PC, but that's just me. Uh, I think, yeah, going mobile for a lot of people is going to be great. Of course, they have gaming laptops where you can kind of do that too. Uh, handheld, not okay. so much with the gaming laptop, but yeah. we'll probably get there eventually. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the technology is going to get better and better. I mean, you can't, there's stuff on your cell phone you can do. I couldn't do on my PC 10 years ago, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so, uh, so apparently there's a new feature that's going to be on the PS5 for uh, PlayStation Plus members. Uh, players will be able to view in-game objectives and hints on completing them. The uh, hints will come from photos and videos, which will give you tips on what to do. Since they're official game tips, you know you're getting correct information and it won't contain potential spoilers. The hints can also be expanded to full screen, used in picture-in-picture -picture mode, or side-by-side -side mode, so you can view them while playing. The latter two modes could be moved around the screen as well. It is unknown which games will be supported, but in the demo, Sackboy's Big Adventure was used. Yeah, so that's a neat feature, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, yeah. um, I was actually listening to uh, an IGN podcast the other day, and they brought up an interesting point that I think I might want to discuss. Uh, gaming... You know, there's always been this big push that you know, they want gaming to be more of a serious art form. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You know, you can tell awesome stories in gaming. Some of my favorite stories of all time come from video games, like Metal Gear Solid Saga, you know, God of War. Um, you know, there's games like that, really cinematic stories, you know, can, right. can be told. And it doesn't have to be cinematic. I've played games like, you know, Journey and uh, uh, Binding of Isaac, you know, just awesome gaming stories that are done really simply. But, um, yeah. Gaming is the only medium where you don't have control over, like, how you view it. Mm -hmm. So, like, in, if you're watching a movie, you can skip around the movie. Right. You're reading a book, you can skip around the book. You reading a, you listen to a vinyl record, you know, you can skip the needle up a little bit. But uh, video games, except for in very slick cases, I mean, there's parts where you can like skip to like different levels. But a lot of games are pretty much, you know, start. First level, second level, third level, whatever, then you beat the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up uh, the story element because um, I played Bioshock Infinite. That's another I, good one, yeah. Yeah, I think the story is the main thing that got me into that game. I'm not a first-person shooter guy at all, but I really enjoyed the game, even though it's a first-person shooter. Yeah. It's like, it was amazing. The story was pretty crazy i was like okay what's gonna happen next here you yeah, know i mean it's always like yeah, i'm not really a fan of first person shooters either uh usually yeah. um usually the stories are kind of dumb like i don't play a lot of multiplayer online so i don't really, as far as like the deathmatch whatever yeah but just like the the plot is always like you know mm -hmm. okay there's a robot or there's a you know alien or there's yeah. like people from another country and you shoot them mm -hmm. and then you know you probably get betrayed at some point and then you know there's a scene where you jump off the back of a train and it's all kind of you know paid by numbers yeah. type stuff i mean obviously different you know series implement different mechanics and stuff mm -hmm. but um but yeah but then there's other games like uh, mass effect that's an awesome first person shooter uh you know fallout that's another good one yeah um, and even the game like um half-life awesome story mm -hmm. that's also one of my favorite stories uh in yeah but um but yeah but by and large i feel like um 
like I was saying before about how, you know, you can't really, not a lot of games let you break them. Right. You know, you know, you got games like, uh, like Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Grand, Theft, Grand Theft Auto gives you a lot of freedom. Yeah. You know, you can put in codes to give you, uh, bring up different kinds of cars. You can make yourself invincible. You can make yourself fly. You can turn on moon gravity. You can make it so that, you know, bullets from your gun make people explode. So, you know, but at the same time, too, you can't really... I think I think now you can actually replay different missions because yeah. every mission now is like gives you like a gold medal or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can go back and play different missions. But um, but you can't replay parts of the story. So if there's a story element that happens that's not part of a mission, you can't go back and view that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm, a lot of people I know that play Grand Theft Auto don't care about the story of the missions. They just do whatever they want. Yeah, well, that's and the thing. It's basically just like... Beat a, up people, steal cars, and just drive around. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. And destroy everything. Yeah. But that's what they like to do. And, you know, more power to them, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, as hey, long as I don't do it in real life. Yeah, yeah. Please don't, uh, you know, steal my car, and then yeah. go rob a 7-Eleven, and then beat up a yeah. prostitute, and then fly an airplane yeah. to a bridge. <laughs> and beat up some random person while you're at it. Anyway, uh, the Oculus Quest 2 buyers are having problems with uh, being banned when linking uh, to their Facebook accounts with their Quest 2 headsets. Users on Reddit are discussing issues where newly created Facebook accounts with real names are banned 10 minutes after linking with their Oculus accounts. Reddit user Wavestar sent their photo ID to Facebook support to reverse their ban but was told the decision is irreversible. Getting banned on Facebook will also suspend your Oculus account, thus locking you out of any games you've previously purchased. Another user went to activate their Facebook account, and they were blocked from doing so, making their new headset useless to them. People also complained on Twitter, some straight out of Japan, where users are finding their accounts are suspended for not being active on the Facebook account. Some algorithms may be mistaking users for bots when they are being forced into creating Facebook accounts that they don't actually want to use. It's a particularly huge problem with Japanese users. Facebook and Oculus have not yet responded to these concerns. Most buyers seem to be getting on fine, but the ban cases are definitely a bit troubling. So what do you think about uh, people using access to their Oculus if they get banned on Facebook? People people using uh, Oculus? Didn't it say that if you get banned on Facebook, then you can't use your Oculus account? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a problem, especially... Well, the thing is, with the way it's working now, Oculus users are now being required to link their Facebook account. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now they're not going to be able to do either. That's not not good if they get banned unintentionally. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's a they glitch, didn't. then, yeah, that's something that needs to be addressed. But Yeah, but they didn't do it intentionally. And one person said they were told it was irreversible. That's not good. Uh, Facebook, you guys need to do something about this. So maybe I misread, maybe I misheard what you were saying. Do you have to have the Facebook app t- account to uh, use the Oculus account? I think I didn't include that in the story, but uh, a number of weeks ago, before you joined on, 
I did mention that Oculus was going to start requiring uh, okay. Facebook accounts. Okay. Yeah. So I think that was the missing link there because that had a... I'm not really crazy about yeah. that. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Like yeah. me personally, I uh, a few weeks ago, I had went on Groupon uh -huh. and I uh, hired a uh, landscaper. Right. It was called... Uh, it was like like be real something I don't uh -huh. know, something like that I don't know so yeah I bought the Groupon but in order to contact the guy I had to do it through Instagram right I don't have Instagram so I had to set up yeah. an Instagram account just to do uh -huh. this so well I think the difference here is Facebook owns Oculus oh yeah I forgot about that okay but yeah. I mean, still though I don't think you should have to have the Facebook account but yeah but you know since Facebook owns Oculus they were going to make that a requirement eventually yeah, I totally or they're going to integrate it in I some totally way I forgot about that yeah you're right yeah so yeah okay I guess that makes more sense yeah <laughs> but yeah I thought it was kind of dumb that I had to in order to contact this dude I mean I don't really I think as a business practice I think it's kind of dumb you could have put your phone number on the Groupon site or something but right I right I guess he's trying to get the social media views or something yeah that might be part of it I mean it's just a bunch of pictures of yards like it's yeah. not a big deal bro yeah <laughs> um so with those uh pictures of yards they could be rendered by your graphics card tell us what AMD is doing about preventing graphics card scalping well, AMD, they're pretty intelligent because they're learning from NVIDIA's mistakes. And uh, they sent a document to their partners outlining the possible measures to prevent scalpers from attaining the RX 6000 gaming cards. This news came from Red Gaming Tech on YouTube with a document reportedly from AMD is sent to their partners to curb scalpers from messing up the launch of the Ryzen 5000 series CPUs as well as the Radeon RX 6000 GPUs. The company has suggestions about bot detection and management, CAPTCHA implementation, purchase limit reservations, manual order processing, limiting reseller sales, and inventory to cart allocation. Of course, we should note that AMD does not sell any reference graphics cards on their site like Nvidia did up until last week. Still, AMD had issues with graphics card availability at launch and the pass as well. Yeah, so just to catch you up to speed if you weren't paying attention, NVIDIA a few months ago when they launched their new RTX 3000 series graphics cards, yeah. bots were hitting their web store like crazy and hitting other stores too, not just their web store. Right on. And they were selling out like that. I mentioned... Uh, last week as well as initially in the news a few weeks ago i think right before you hopped on um you know the graphics cards were being bought by scalpers and sold on ebay for like seventy five thousand dollars. Jeez. okay yeah i remember stuff like that happening like uh i remember it was a big thing like the ps2 came out mm -hmm. like there's a lot of scarcity there so people yeah. were buying them and then selling them online for like hundreds of dollars more you know they're marking yeah. them up on like ebay mm -hmm. and stuff then i remember like a few years after that when the ps3 came out people tried to do that but they made plenty of ps3s there's right. people out there that bought like four or five ps3s and tried to resell them and then they're like i mean we, i guess go to walmart and buy a brand new one you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah so yeah, and unfortunately with both AMD and NVIDIA, they've both had problems with these at launch, but yeah. I think it's been the worst this year with NVIDIA's launch of the 3000 series. I think at the same time, it's like probably super easy to make a bot now, right? <laughs> yeah, but if you limit the purchase, the numbers purchased, for example, 
that could make things a bit harder for resellers. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Or, or not re just resellers, but scalpers. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah. Microsoft extends the Xbox Elite Controller Series 2 warranties. Related to what we mentioned last week, Microsoft has extended the warranty coverage for all Xbox Elite Controller Series 2 units and refunds are promised to owners who have previously paid for repairs. Some gamers have had issues with controller drift, as well as sticky or unresponsive buttons and inconsistent connectivity. The previous warranty was 90 days. This comes as Microsoft is facing a class action lawsuit over the controller specifically for controller drift issues where the joysticks develop unwanted movement and Microsoft's lack of disclosure about the issue to consumers. All right, so uh, Xbox controller, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm not surprised Microsoft is making this move, even though I still don't know if they're publicly disclosing the problem to people yet. Uh, I'd have to check further into it. I haven't seen where they are disclosing the problem. But it's this could just be like a settle out of court kind of thing. This is like we'll just pay you the money, okay. right? Yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, of course, um, people aren't going to get a lot of money out of the class action lawsuit. No, no, but I mean, at <laughs> least justice is served somewhat, you know? Right, right, yeah. So that's the thing about like these class action suits. Like, you got mesothelioma, you're not gonna get like ten thousand dollars. You might no. get a, you might get a couple hundred. Yeah, but you know, at the same time too, you know, at least at least they're at least they're paying for their discretion. So. Yeah, I might just get like twelve dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, it could be it could be nothing, man. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know exactly what you. I mean. mean, I was part of a class action lawsuit a while back. I can't remember what for, but I think I got like maybe five or ten bucks out of it. <laughs> Hey, I mean, you can go buy a couple of double cheeseburgers at McDonald's and have a nice day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, on to space and science news. Impossible Foods is developing a plant-based alternative to cow's milk. Uh, current alternatives aren't quite the same, so Impossible Foods is taking on the challenge to create a replacement that looks, tastes, and behaves like cow's milk. The Impossible Investigator Project is aiming to recruit leading scientists to contribute. Impossible Foods milk is made with stable proteins sourced from plants. They also mix other liquids and can be whipped into a foam. No timeline has been set for when this milk substitute will leave the labs. That's great for those of you who are wanting to... Uh reduce their milk intake i guess and um if you're concerned about the problems that uh milk can cause well you know it's it's vegan there's yeah. less hormones i'm sure so yeah um you know a lot of the people who are anti-milk i think are relying on a lot of false information or things that are unproven but you know yeah i mean you know who knows what, what false information is? I mean, you can pay to get your stuff into a scientific journal. So. Yeah, uh, well, you shouldn't be able to pay for it. Well, it depends, like, it depends on the journal. I mean, obviously, yeah. like the I don't know, Oxford English, not English, the Oxford yeah. Medical <laughs> Journal probably. Yeah. But even though, you never know what happens behind the scenes, man. Yeah, yeah, you really don't. But, um, you know. Have you ever had, like, the Impossible Burger before? I have not. 
I mean, I've had it. It tastes uh, pretty comparable, I think, to a regular hamburger. Okay. I mean, it's not Five Guys, but like Burger King. Yeah. Oh. Okay. The Impossible Whopper tastes pretty much just like a regular Whopper. I mean, I, I like a good Whopper. Yeah, I mean, the Whopper itself I'm not the fan of as far as fast food burgers, but the Impossible Whopper tastes pretty much just like a regular. Okay. Well, check this out. Lightsabers actually exist now. Okay. Yeah. Well, kind of, sort of. Um, did you see that video I sent you via the link there, or did you not get around? I was trying to watch there? it, but um, I was having bad connection about my house, so it, I watched like the first like few seconds of it. But. Okay. So the Hacksmith team on YouTube has built a real plasma light, uh, proto saber, rather. An actual lightsaber would require tiny portable nuclear reactors for power, which isn't possible right now. So they use a backpack which uses LPG fuel, that's uh, propane, due to its energy density, outputting 50 times more energy per kilogram than a LiPo battery. It uses an array of laminar flow nozzles to create the highly concentrated gas that's required for the plasma beam. The beam burns at around 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. The color can change depending on the salts that are burned with the gas. So, like, how's it known to stop? Is use the force or what? Um, you mean the end of the beam? Yeah. I, I think the beam can only go so far. Uh, I've it? seen videos, and I think there's like a little switch on it or something to adjust the length of the beam, too. Oh, really? Yeah, from what, I mean, I didn't get a good look at how they were doing that uh, in the video, but yeah, they were able to adjust the length of it. And how many kyber crystals does it take? I don't think it used any crystals. <laughs> oh, no crystals? Okay. All yeah. Right. It uses salts for well, the sal coloring. That salt's a crystal, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They are crystals, so. You think the Jedi ever tries using salt to power their lightsabers? <laughs> I don't know. Are, are these actually salt crystals that the Jedi use? Well, I guess the Jedi are Well, the Jedi use kyber crystals. Like, that's what right, powers right, right. the lightsaber and the yeah. Death Star. Yeah. You know, things. So maybe they're actually salt, and they just call it something else. Yeah, it's like instead of it's like instead of cocaine, they call it death sticks. Yes. <laughs> hey, man, want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell death sticks. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go home and rethink my life. Do you so. think the death sticks look like the little glow sticks? Like, uh, I don't know. Do you, I don't, I don't think we see enough glowing drugs in the mainstream. You know <laughs> I don't know, man. But anyway, uh, you think Jedi's would be wearing backpacks? Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. they wear those stupid robes, so why yeah. not? Yeah, that they could wear a backpack with that. I mean, and if it's good enough for the Mandalorians, why can't the Jedi wear them? Yeah, I guess you're right. So, so just uh, even though you don't see them wearing a backpack in the Star Wars movies, yeah, they're wearing a backpack to power their lightsabers. Everyone, maybe it's like meta. Maybe they use the Jedi mind trick on the audience, so you don't see. Maybe them. I was I was almost thinking maybe that's like uh a cloaked backpack that you can't see but why cloak it when you can just use a jedi mind trick on everyone uh, you want to waste your powers on cloaking the backpack yeah it's kind of like cable from x-men he's a very powerful psychic but he has this techno organic virus that's destroying his body that's mm -hmm. why his arm is metal if he yeah. stopped using his power to control the virus and his whole body would turn into metal right so he's still a good psychic 
but his powers are dampened because he has to devote so many resources to controlling this virus. Right. All right, so uh, glowing tardigrades are showing high resistance to lethal UV radiation levels. Uh, for the uninitiated, tardigrades are microscopic animals with incredible resilience against radiation, dehydration, the cold, and the vacuum of space. There are about 1,300 known species of tardigrades, which can be found all around the world. A recently discovered species features a natural fluorescence, which creates a blue glow under ultraviolet light. The light shields the tardigrades from levels of UV radiation that are known to be lethal. Scientists successfully transfer this ability to other species of tardigrades as well. So glowing tardigrades, what do you think about that? That's interesting, I guess. Um, I wonder if that's going to help uh, protect humans in the long run. They can figure out how to protect others from uh, maybe lethal doses. Maybe well. they'll splice human DNA with tardigrade DNA. Maybe. Because apparently tardigrades are some of like, the most uh, resilient creatures on Earth. Yeah. And they're like, uh, you know, they're, they can survive in space, heat, cold. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, who'd win in a fight between a tardigrade and a cockroach? Well, a cockroach is probably like a billion times bigger than a tardigrade. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, but, that's like saying, you know, who would win in a fight but, between an but, amoeba and God? Like, <laughs> let's, uh, find some way to either shrink the cockroach down to the tardigrade size or yeah. vice versa, grow the tardigrade up to the cockroach size. Oh, here we go. Who would you rather fight? <laughs> uh, uh, a billion tardigrade sized cockroaches or a cockroach sized tardigrade. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we covered well before you hanging, started. Bro. What's the answer? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. All right, go but, ahead. But well before you started on the podcast here, uh, we talked about the robotic fast food cook Flippy. Well, the company behind it is now selling the Flippy robots. Like I said, we've covered this before as Flippy robots are going to be tested at a number of White Castle locations. Miso Robotics is now selling its Burger Flippy bots for $30,000 with options for a payment plan. The robot attaches to a rail and can move about a kitchen to cook. It can cook 19 items, including burgers and hash browns. Oh, wow. I think I remember hearing about this when it first came out. And uh, a lot of people were talking about, like, oh, they're just trying to take jobs. And I wouldn't go that far. I mean, obviously, you have to have people there to still cook other things. I think this is just more of a convenience thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like when the deep fryer came out, like, are you not taking jobs? It's just a piece of equipment that makes working in the kitchen easier. Like, you know, the guy that flips the hamburgers, like, there's not someone's job to just stand there and flip hamburgers. Like, that's not a job. So, right. Like, there's other things to do besides just that one thing. So. That's true, but I, I'm a bit more skeptical about it, quite frankly, because... Oh, yeah, I know, in the long run, yeah, you're yeah. going to have a robot grill cook and have a robot fry cook and you have yeah. a robot if you already got robot you know uh cash registers so what the yeah. heck right yeah because you have more and more of these robots eventually people are just going to be automated out of the job because hey we've got robots that can do this stuff now oh yeah but i'm saying I mean, that's definitely what's going on you yeah. know long term but i'm saying like you know they have those automatic pizza ovens yeah. you put the pizza in the front and it comes out the back well you don't have to worry that's one job you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about putting the pizza in and then making sure it doesn't burn. Right. If every pizza cooks at the exact same amount of time, then... Mm -hmm. so. Well, I didn't mention this in the uh, news items here, but uh, previously I did mention that White Castle said 
it had no intention of replacing its workers. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't I wouldn't say that like it'd be one thing if it was like an android standing there making the hamburgers, but it's a little robotic spatula. So like I'm saying, I think this right. is just more of a time saving slash uh you know, efficiency device. It and then, obviously the more items like this you have, that's gonna limit yeah. the amount of people that are gonna mm-hmm. be working there. But as far as this one thing, I wouldn't get too bent out of shape about this one thing personally. Right. And and uh, I'm fine with automation as long as it's being used to assist workers and not to replace workers, you know? And that's what I see this as, yeah, like I said. Yeah. I mean, who knows what's going on. But and yeah. obviously this is uh you know, this is gonna save them money. That or else they wouldn't do it. A corp- right. if a corporation is doing anything they're making money that's the whole point yeah. of the corporation so right they're obviously saving some sort of labor on this one thing but like All i right. said overall yeah big deal mm-hmm. but this one thing i think is more of a yeah. convenience item well you know we didn't mention salt in this one but you can put salt on your hash browns your fries that the robot cooks for you yeah uh, we mentioned salt with the lightsabers now you're going to talk more about salt or reactors for molten salt all right, so molten, molten salt reactors may be the next big thing in nuclear. Elysium Technologies is behind this new reactor design, which can scale up to 1,200 megawatts of electricity. The design could use a bend of cutting-edge technologies. It uses up the fuel in the reactor process and can recycle fuel from itself, other reactors, or even weapons. The reactor uses up to 95% of its fuel, leaving behind fuel that is toxic for shorter periods compared to other reactors and features low-tech and effective safety designs. Now, I like that idea. That sounds much safer, and we could probably get rid of a lot of the nuclear stuff that's out there right now that could cause problems. Molten salt, that sounds uh, that sounds kind of pleasant, I think. That sounds like something I might want on my on my steak, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, so when it says, like, you recycles fuel from itself, so it's almost like, uh, I mean, obviously it's not like perpetual motion or anything like that. Right. But it's pretty cool how it like is able to minimize its waste that way. So it's pretty efficient too. Yeah, definitely. So it's almost like an arc reactor. Oh yeah, almost for sure. And finally, NASA's Osiris Rex collected bits of an orbiting asteroid. Tuesday afternoon, NASA managed to intercept, interact with, and collect samples from an asteroid. 101995 Bennu. Asteroids like Bennu contain original materials from the solar nebula that collapsed to form our solar system. It may give us clues to how life started. Carbonite minerals were found on Bennu, which suggests the asteroid was once part of an even larger asteroid with liquid water. So, uh, how do you think life started, Joey? Um, well, I mean, back when I was religious, I believed in the whole uh, seven-day creation thing. Okay. But as I started uh, taking the Bible less and less literally, I I considered it could be like a big bang and evolution and all that. So, you know, and, you know, that's kind of what I think today. And I'm not saying that there's no God. I don't know. But um, no one knows. That's the whole point of faith, right? (laughs) Right. Um, Well, I'd say... (sighs) As far as my belief, I'd consider myself somewhere between, like, liberal Christian and agnostic. I see you know? what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, so that's where I am, but I definitely believe there was evolution. 
I don't know if it was a Big Bang or what happened to start it all. Well, Big Bang started, I guess, the universe. I guess started out with a singularity and then somehow so much energy built up that it exploded and now we have all these stars and galaxies and right. and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. Did a Big Bang just create everything all at one time? I'm not sure about that. I mean, stuff could have existed well before that. That's what I'm saying. We don't know. Yeah. Like me personally, I kind of think it's more like I don't think there's. I think there's some. There's a power out there greater than us. I don't know if you want to call it like an interdimensional whatever. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like a judge by any means. Like I don't think there's a dude with a beard on a cloud that gets mad when I litter. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think there are higher life forms out there like kind of like um you know like you got yeah the eternals and marvel i mean maybe (laughs) not necessarily something like that but just like a higher form of life so you got like a bacterium versus a human being all right so i think there's something out there that by comparison makes us seem like a bacteria yeah we're just such a low form of life that this thing doesn't even consider us like um like i said like i said i don't know if you want to call it interdimensional whatever like i saw this thing one time and uh, they were talking about, they're kind of discussing, like, the difference between, like, the dimensions, kind of like. Uh-huh. So they're saying, okay, so one dimension, obviously, that's like a line. Okay. Right. So if you have a one-dimensional being, they would go forward and backwards. And that mm-hmm. was it. But that would be their entire perspective. Whatever's yeah. in front of you, whatever's behind you. Nothing yeah. side to side, up and down, doesn't matter. Yeah. So then you have the second dimension, which is, like, uh, well, the, the, the example they use would be, like, a Pac-Man game. Mm-hmm. So Pac-Man has this little yellow dude. He goes up, down, left, right. Whatever's to the side of him doesn't matter. Or I guess yeah. technically he goes forward or backwards, left and right. So whatever's uh-huh. on top or below him, it's just, you know, yeah. not even in his realm of consciousness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So to him, if he were to perceive the one-dimensional being, he would think like, oh, I'm hot crap. I can yeah. s- I can see forward, backwards, and left and right. This dude can only see forward and backwards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... You know, then obviously you have three-dimensional, which is us. So you can see forward, mm-hmm. backward, left, right, whatever. And then, but I think there's something else out there. I don't know if you want to call it time, but I think they have just a different perception of reality that's, di- that's right. just on a whole other wavelength than our own. Yeah. Well, I know in, Mar- in uh, Marvel, they have the quantum realm, or in the comics, they called it the microverse. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, you have living beings that are in the microverse, and... Uh, there's like colonies, cities, etc. within yeah. that microverse. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy stuff. It's that's the thing, life. though. I mean, it's just like, at the end of the day, we're all energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, me, this building, the planet, the stars, it's all energy. That sounds trippy, man. I mean, that's trippy stuff. I'm just saying, that's <laughs> that's all we are on a yeah. fundamental level. All your cells, everything on the that's ever been created is just electrons floating around a nucleus. Yeah. Isn't that wild to think yeah. about? What a trippy way to end it. But anyway, oh, we've got a tag team match tonight, don't we, brother? Oh, yeah. The yeah. mega tech power. Yeah. The tech mega powers. We, <laughs> we've got a steel cage match tonight, brother, on pay-per-view. So we need to bring this to an end. I've been Joey Cagle. Oh, yeah. And Macho Man is going to snap into a Slim Jit. Elizabeth! We'll catch you next time. <laughs>